back the metal blade podcast it's been what a year uh it's been a long time sorry guys we, we got busy well ryan you had to help make a record what what record did you help make and what did you do on it well i um i guess you would say produced even though it's kind of all that stuff all is kind of ephemeral and what who does what and what's called what but produced engineered recorded uh, most of the new Black Dahlia Murder album. Yeah, we can't give you any details about it yet. It's off in mixing right now. Yeah. Is it uh, still? Yes. He yeah, just... I haven't heard anything since you played um, the some demos. demos a while back. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, I can tell you for Black Dahlia Murder fans, if you're a fan of the band, you're going to like this album. It's, you know, classic BDM, but it's got a little spice. We've got Brandon Ellis. Uh, yeah, he wrote a couple songs, right? He wrote four songs. That's uh, a lot for a new dude in a band. Yeah, amazingly sleazy, cool riffs. And, I mean, his shredding prowess is people, if you follow him on Instagram, which you should do, or, or Twitter or anywhere, I guess he's most active on Instagram and Facebook. Um, he's just an incredible guitar player. And I think he, he's, what, 24, 25, and it's just like... Maniac. One of those guys who it's not just technicality, it's not just speed or or you know flashy tricks. It's like a deep knowledge of you know the harmonic palette that he likes to hear over whatever chords, along with crazy vibrato, amazing feel. Um, I mean, everything that you would want, he's got, and he's like a young kid, so it's like one of those kids where you're just like, "Fuck you, dude! Why are you so good?" Yeah, <laughs> but I think you know. As usual, when BDM gets a new member, it's, it's a step up, and he's contributing to the band and a great guy. And the album, regardless of his songs, is sick. Uh, there's going to be some real catchy ones that I think people are going to like to hear live. So it was great to go out to Michigan and, and get back uh, in the studio with those guys and make another record. I did see the lyrics. Oh, yeah. And again, uh, Tre- Trevor Stranad, man. Yeah, man. He's a he's a hell of a writer. He sure is. He's underrated as far as his lyric writing goes. Yeah. He's one of my favorites, and he's one of those guys where the lyrics really lend themselves to ideas for us to make really cool pre-order bundles. You know, I hit the guys up about what they might want to do for videos, and because so many of the lyrics really lend themselves to cool concepts. So we'll see. We're we're in the very early stages of this record, so I've this seen, is going to be a, a fun one. Man. I've seen a rough. Um, well, uh, half finished version of the art. Nice on a canvas, uh, and it looked really awesome. And I'm stoked. Yeah, I, I mean, as always, they they never they never disappoint. So, well, I, I don't think I even told you yet. I emailed uh, Trevor to see if they want to do um, like a crazy lyric video. Okay, like I I just did that one for Goat Horse Chaos Arcane, uh-huh. and we filmed most of that footage. I did in my friend's garage. Um with just props and things we bought or had. That came out really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's it was a kind of a test to see, you know, how much time it would take cuz a lot metal videos are a function of three things: time, ideas, and budget. Mm. And you need generally two of those three things. <laughs> yeah, what's that old saying like you want it cheap, fast, or good, pick two. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I really wanted to see if in a day with just, you know, a couple bucks I could put together a lyric video that was more interesting than something that was either stock footage or elements of the album art. And I think a Black Dahlia murder record has um, enough lyrics and ideas that something really cool could be done. So we'll see. I don't know if that's actually going to happen yet, 
But in any case, that's something I want to do a heck of a lot more of is come up with lyric videos that really blur that line between a music video and a lyric video. Yeah, because normally, you know... You can fly lyrics around album art all day long, but how exciting is that really? Exactly. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And it's just... I think you're kind of trailblazing into a new territory where it is an artistic vision and it is something cool. It's not a full-fledged music video with the band playing and a story, but it's also not just some... Yeah, lame ass I think graphics. I think stuff like that might age a little bit better over oh, time. For sure. And a lot of times when I uh, help out bands with the videos, I think, what is this going to look like in three years? Right. That's why I don't like to put dates. Sure. I don't like to put tour dates. I don't like to put release dates. It's going to live online forever. Dude, all, all that information can be in the description and shit. Like, yeah. There's no reason Smart. for that to be baked into the goddamn video because it's yeah. just going to look silly. <clears throat> in 2025, when you watch a video and it says, Get in stores <laughs> July 2nd, 2013, right. like it's right. not really that useful of information. I've, term. S- I've seen videos even that doesn't even have the year. It's just like, in stores February right. 1st. And you're like, what What year when? was this even made? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's like when you're traveling and you just see a phone number on a business and it has no area code. It's yeah, like, like, well, like, I can't call you well you're local Where aren't are you <laughs> yeah you got a landline don't you yeah but uh yeah that that's that's really badass that you got to go back you know to michigan and hang with those dudes man i'm jealous yeah well i mean i love those guys you know i mean trevor and brian are you know some of my best friends and i you know played in the band with them for a long time and all that stuff but um it's great to reconnect with them and it's cool and it's like you know visiting your family again kind of a thing yeah but it's also like an incredibly difficult and um, I don't difficult's not the right word, but intense work. You know, it's it's stressful for everyone. People are people are trying to nail these songs the way they want them for the rest of the time, and they're just in the process of learning them. Right. So there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of um, almost like you know doctor filling people and keeping <laughs> keeping the energy positive and right. not not letting people fall down uh, holes and all that stuff so well i wanted to expand on that a little yeah, bit yeah yeah sorry i was just so i spent a week in finland yes, with you, with Ensiferum. you've been out of the office a lot too lately yeah. you've been traveling around everywhere traveling a lot this year so i spent a week in finland with Ensiferum at ostia studios with uh, Antti kippo their producer oh nice pronunciation yeah I was there for a week. I got to hear all the really cool, you know, Finnish pronunciations of yeah, things. But yeah. he has, um, he wants to do most things analog. And he's actually yeah. in the process of converting a studio to analog only. Yeah. I actually, just to interrupt you real quick, yeah. just did an interview with It Might Get Loud Productions. And he had just done an interview with them the week before. And we were basically both on opposite sides of the digital analog right. uh debate yeah you're in the digital world he's in the analog yeah but i really respect his stuff so please yeah yeah. no he's i mean he doesn't use any plugins right which for a guy like you is just it's blasphemy well it's uh, it would be great to be able to do that but it's just most people can't yeah affording outboard gear for every single thing you need is a big task yeah he's a guy that's been producing records for years i mean he did children of bodum's hate crew death roll Right, and he's Classic been he album, just yeah. he doesn't do just metal either. He does a lot of things in the the Nordics and bands from Russia. Yeah, I mean he's done some like gold records in Europe, uh, like pop albums and things, rock albums. But he, when he does reverb, he has like a two hundred kilogram box with this giant metal plate in it that creates the reverb. Right, that's the, physically the real old school way right. of doing so it. So he's full on analog guy, and they actually demoed the whole record with him first. Yeah, and then weeks later came back and tracked it. Beautiful. So they had a, a twenty-five track uh, tape machine. Mm-hmm. So one track was like the 
timeline. Yeah, the, the time code. And then, yeah, all the rest of the 24 tracks were uh, the main vocals, guitars, bass, drums. Nice. They tracked drums. Um, uh, some of the songs, I think, were no-click, or I, I can't remember how much was to click and how much wasn't, but mm-hmm. they played as a full band. Yeah. Um, and some of the bass lines were actually tracked at the same time. Nice. So there's songs in the album that are single takes of drums and bass. Nice. And there's no drum editing at all. Great. So it's all the tape. And it was really cool to watch him play around with the tape machine and they would dub it to digital for reference. Yeah. So that they didn't have to always have the tape machine spinning when they were tracking other things. You're not wearing out the tape. Yeah, because leads, other vocals, accordion, all that stuff was recorded digitally. Sure. Um, So it all had to be dubbed to digital, the stuff from the tape. Mm -hmm. And then when they were done, they could hook up, fire up the tape machine and then play the whole track with all the analog tracks analog and all the digital tracks digital and they're all like working together uh, Mm. in sync it looked like an unbelievable pain in the ass so when they were you were seeing them mix these things in a non-automated way where people had their hands on the console and were like i I imagine that they're doing sub mixes and bouncing things down from many tracks to a few tracks and then having to manually mix them how they want them as they go is that I have no fucking idea. Okay. Yeah. Gets- <laughs> I just remember when they were, uh, I saw Anzi recording a few things to tape and he had this um, uh, separate little uh, console that was apart from the tape machine, but he would, he'd still be sitting at the board because the tape machine was on the other side of the room and he would activate it from there and he'd have to time it. And he had all these maps drawn out of all the songs where all the cuts were. Yeah. And then, so the record's done. Obviously it's approved. It's ready to roll. The master of the album for vinyl is a true analog tape. We actually sent tapes to a vinyl plant, mm-hmm. which is, it's weird to think that that's just how it was always done. And yeah. now that's a little bit weird. Yeah, now that's a special request. So the Ensoferum record, when you hear it, it's going to be a pure analog vinyl experience. Um, that'll sa- they, they sat me down and really made me listen to, they put on the Black album and they had the CD and mm-hmm. they had vinyl mm-hmm. in the studio. Yeah. And played both back to back. And the difference was pretty staggering, honestly. That's an interesting experiment because, well, A, you don't really get to listen to music in a well-tuned environment like that very often. So it's nice to hear where all the frequencies are responding in the room the way they should, not getting muddied together. But then to actually have the A, B to a CD and to vinyl. And I assume on that album, there's a separate vinyl master. Right. Because it's old enough that the Black Album was done to tape. Right, so it's less compressed probably, right. and there's less high-end in certain things, and probably more dynamic range. So what did you think? So I, I had just gotten off the plane, traveling to Finland, which is 24 hours of travel or whatever. It was a long uh, travel experience. So I get to um, Lappinranta, which is where the studio's at. Damn, I, these I, words. I landed, and I had to get on a train and take about a two-hour train ride, which was just gorgeous, by the way. I yeah, love sure. it. I get to the train station, and waiting for me is Ansi, Marcus Toivonen, and Sammy Hinka. And Sammy, the bass player, he also plays guitar, which a lot of bass players do. Mm -hmm. He's standing there uh, like a homeless guy, and (laughs) not like what you think. What I mean is he's playing a guitar with one of those little portable amps on top of the guitar, like (laughs) strapped to his backpack strap. And as soon as I walk off the train, they see me and start playing the national anthem. What? And they had like a little piece of paper with the American flag on it with my name written on it. It was hilarious. Oh my God. So I get in the van. It was just like a 10 minute ride to the studio. And the first thing they did was sit me down and show me that analog um, difference. I was exhausted, but they're like, you have to hear this. Yeah. And he actually synced up um, those Metallica songs 
I think it was Sad But True we were listening to. He synced up the vinyl and the CD so he could go back and forth at, at the same points in the song. And the difference was it went from sounding okay and cool and fine to holy shit, the band's in the room with you. Wow. And he would go back and forth and it was like um, you, you get a sense of depth. It was kind of like taking on and off 3D glasses. Wow. It was, it was so actually- it was a very noticeable difference. Yeah. And I was totally skeptical. I mean, sure. I know analog is better. Obviously, you're listening well, to waves versus samples. It's science. I mean, there's no debating that. But- it really did add to the experience. Yeah. It, it really did. So, And he was actually changing speakers, too. He's got really nice studio monitors. Sure. Then he's got really small, um, crappier studio monitors. NS10s or something. The, yeah, what, so the white speakers. I, yeah, I don't yeah. remember. They're just way smaller and not as nice. And yeah. even just on those speakers, you could tell. Yeah. So it, would, it was a really good time over there. I, I have like a couple hundred gigs of footage to edit from them in the studio. And it's going to be really interesting to edit footage of a band that was speaking a foreign language I don't understand most of the time. <laughs> so <laughs> so when you go to Fuck. edit that, what are you going to do? Are you going to ask them to subtitle it for you? So I, I've got interview footage, and that's obviously in English. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when they were in the studio, I knew kind of what they were talking about. Yeah, I guess YouTube um, could probably even... So I, there's parts I'm going to chop up and send to the band in little clips and mm. say, what were you talking about here? I want to double check. Right. Should I use this? Right. And then they'll subtitle it for me. So I'm just going to do it in bits and pieces, uh-huh. which is going to be a pain in the ass, but I think it'll be worth it. But Anzi, when, when a band is tracking, you know they're done with that part when he goes, Hoover, Kitos. Mm, that's like, And he job. says it in a really specific way, Hoover, Kitos. Uh-huh. Hoover is like... Uh, good or great uh-huh. and keto says thank you there you go and then I, I you know after a day or two i knew exactly what he was talking about nice so, you know even another language you can kind of figure out when you're there long enough yeah it's great um traveling around and getting being there long enough to get kind of a sense of the culture a little bit and yeah. the language and all that stuff i'm sure dude it was weird yeah. driving around a town and there's a sign for saint petersburg to drive there russia because <laughs> the studio is like 12 miles from the russian border wow so, so you're, you're way over there. It yeah. was, yeah, it was a really good time. And then we went to um, Helsinki for the weekend for um, uh, the national kind of holiday for the year. Okay. Um, what the heck, heck is it called? Um, I can't even remember right now. Um, but they're like national Yeah, holiday, it's like a sure. big national holiday. I'll remember it eventually. But sure. uh, it's also the 100th anniversary of Finland declaring independence from the Russian Empire. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's even they were, bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, yeah, it yeah. was pretty awesome. And people wear these like party uniforms. Mm which they were kind of those work kind of full. Um, like a onesie? Yeah, like something a plumber would wear or something. But most people had the top kind of folded down and tied around their waist. Mm. And they had these patches all over their legs and they're party patches. And apparently when you go to a party, you get a patch. So the more patches you have, the more parties you've gone to. Wow. Can you so, imagine yeah. if we all dressed up like the founding fathers for July 4th? or <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, don't, I don't know many people that do that. No. But... Yeah, that's just a weird concept. That's cool. Yeah. So you did get to see, uh, get to see the real deal. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, that was fun. And then where else have you been? You've been. Uh, you just got back from Richmond. I just got back. I was uh, shooting videos with Guar. Nice. This week. So we, we just got their new album kind of in. Yeah, the new Guar is fucking awesome, yeah, man. It's really cool. There's no seeing those guys work. Um, it's staggering the amount of work they put in. Well, I mean, everybody kind of already knows this, I guess. But yeah. on top of you know having to write and make this music, then there's the whole stage show and an incredible amount of work goes into that that yeah. I can't even imagine. And the costumes and calling around all that stuff. I think we've even mentioned this before, but yeah, it's just uh, if you've never toured, 
just touring without all of that stuff is a challenge, but then adding in that whole level of production and... Vapu. That's the national holiday. Vapu. Okay. Vapu. Sorry. There you go. All good. Yeah, it's... I mean, they're they're working on finishing everything to get ready for Warp Tour, mm. which they're going on starting next week. That's really cool, I think, that they're on Warp Tour. Like, uh, it seemed kind of like a weird fit at first, but the more I think about it, the more... It's awesome. The more I think it's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, kids maybe seeing them for the first time are just going to be they're, it's <laughs> dumbstruck. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty awesome experience, I think, for those guys. Um, and it, it's, you know, it could go over terribly. It could go over well, but I think they're going to do some serious damage. And I, I don't think people – there's going to be crowds where, what, 75% of the crowd is going to be their first time seeing Gwar, and that's right. going to be pretty – Life-changing, I think. I heard the set list. I saw him rehearse the whole set. Oh, cool. And it's a good mix of classic war cuts and two new ones nice. from the upcoming album. So. Uh, let's not forget, also, we have Candiria. Yeah, Candiria is on, on, on Warp Tour, Tour which so. is badass as hell. Really cool. Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, that was one of those bands that when we signed them, we got a lot of feedback from people that had listened to them for years. Well, I tell you, I mean, back in 99, 2000, I was like huge fanboy. I went to all their shows. Like, yep. You know. So, and then again, for the younger generation that had never probably heard of them or was, you know, maybe not even born when they had their kind yeah. of heyday to see them and, and, and get a chance to, to learn about some other bands is, is awesome. So that should be a good tour for everybody involved. Yeah. We're driving out to Warp Tour in Las Vegas. Yes. Which is going to be a goddamn good time. Should be. Of course. And then we're going to spend the weekend in Vegas. You're going to a wedding, but... The, yeah, that's for that's for the other one. Psycho. So yeah, see, th- right. this is my brain keeps getting yeah. just messed up with all the travel Too I've been on. Vegas so yeah. we have a couple of Vegas trips coming up, and the one after Warped in August is one of the best festival lineups, and I don't know the history of time. <laughs> it's Psycho Las Vegas. It's at the Hard Rock. Yeah. I haven't been to the to the Hard Rock yet for one of these shows. Have you? Uh, I don't think so. So I don't know how they set it up. Because the warp tour is also at Hard Rock, mm. so I d- I just don't know how it's going to be laid out. I'm really interested to see. Well, warp tour is generally in a parking lot. Yeah. <clears throat> so is this is it indoor for that? I have no idea. Oh wow! But I did hear from everyone last year that Psycho Las Vegas is one of the most well-run, set-up, just really good time festival. Yeah. So and that was from people that work in music and are really jaded. And if it sucks, I mean, they would be. Right. talking about it They'd but no they, they said it was just in an unbelievable time and king diamond is playing uh he was one of the headliners along with mastodon wow which is just i mean how I ridiculous mean, yeah that's it doesn't really there's no tier above that as far as metal goes yeah it's, king diamond and mastodon on the same fest yeah, in las I mean, vegas yes i'm gonna be there i will not be sober yeah i mean uh what i'm, I'm trying to look up the uh, lineup here on their uh, their website because it's um it's a lot of bands that it's a really cool mix of unbelievable underground bands and some really big bands and it's always it's just that a lot of these bands don't play festivals right it's just a lot of badass bands that you just don't see on a lot of the big fests so that's one of the things that makes it just such an interesting and like true destination festival well it's nice to see that there's more and more of those big sort of destination festivals getting more and more popular here. Right. Rock on the Range, Chicago Open Air. Europe has that whole situation on lockdown for the summer festivals, but it's nice to see the ones in America really succeeding and yeah. doing well. 
Yeah, so I, I finally found the um, the tour poster here. So who do we got? King Diamond, the Brian Jonestown Massacre, Ace Freely, Gojira, Swans. Dude, when when a festival has Swans at top billing, like yeah. towards the top of the flyer, that's when you know that lineup's going to get pretty deep, right? Yeah. So Neurosis, Magma, Sleep, Melvins, Carcass, Corrosion of Conformity, Seerthungal, wow. a- another old yeah. Metal Blade band yeah, 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 yeah. who is coming back and playing shows Making again. A comeback. Which, yeah, hell fucking yeah. Abbott, Wolves in the Throne Room, uh, Earthless, Manila Road, another f- classic badass band, Windhand, Pelican, Blood Ceremony, Code Orange, Merker, Buzz Oven. I mean, wow. it, it's a Gate Creeper. Uh, a lot of people are talking about them right now. I haven't listened yet, but I've heard nothing but good things. It's pretty pretty heavy and ignorant. Yeah, uh, Royal Thunder, Black Anvil. Um, yeah, just ridiculous. It's a stacked lineup for sure. And then they have a pre-party too with Pentagram and Conan and a bunch of other bands. Single day tickets just went on sale a couple days ago. Okay. So you can buy, if you can't make it for the whole weekends, you can get single day tickets. And that fest is happening August 18th through 20th. Do you have the URL there where people can it's go? It's uh, vivasycho.com. Yeah, go get your tickets because yeah. they're going to go fast. Yeah, I mean, I would be shocked if they didn't sell out. Yeah. So just King Diamond and Mastodon headlining alone is enough. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's it might be the last chance you have to see King Diamond before hopefully we get another King Diamond record. Mm. So this might be the final shot. We'll nice. see. Nice, nice. Cool. So yeah, that's kind of our, our wrap-up of a bunch of stuff we've done since we all talked to you last. There's plenty more. But it's uh, our, our memories start to fade after a while. It really does all blur together, man. I want to give a, a quick shout out to anybody who's listened to the podcast and requested that we do more. And I know we've had a little bit of interaction with people on Twitter that say they, they oh, they kind of stumbled upon it and they like it. And, you know, thanks for that feedback. That makes us uh, motivated to keep going. And yeah. we hear you. Hit us up at Metal Blade on Twitter and let us know what you think. Um, you know, speaking of all these tours and everything, we were just at Devastation on the Nation. Yeah. Uh, Cryptopsy, um, Rivers of Nile, Zenith Passage, uh, there's Decrepit Birth. Decrepit Birth. Yeah. Um, it's a Visceral Disgorge. Yep. Unbelievably brutal lineup. Really cool tour. And um, we got to sit down with Rivers. Uh, yeah, that was kind of our impetus to bring this back is that we wanted to talk about all the things coming up this summer, like Psycho Las Vegas. Yeah. And we got demos for the new Rivers of Nile. Yes. This band is doing something special in the world of death metal, I definitely, think. Definitely. Um, there's some really weird stuff on this album, really interesting instrumentation, mm-hmm. and that's just on the damn demos. Right. I told them when we were interviewing them yeah, that yeah. their demos sound better than most of the stuff, like finished stuff we get like submitted to us from bands. Well, I think we talk about it in the interview too, but again, it's why if you're in a band, learning to record yourself is critically important. Yeah. And they show... They've shown through the the quickness that they've grown as a band and through, you know, the professionalness of the demos even, why it's so important. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, they're going to go into the studio ultra prepared, which makes the whole experience better for everybody. Yep. It makes it cheaper. Yep. Because you're just not wasting days Mm -hmm. not knowing what's going on. And, uh, you know, bands can't afford to waste any time these days. No. So yeah. it was a really good time catching up with those guys. It's been a minute since we've got to see them. So it's great that to was, see uh, them. Yeah, and they ruled. I also streamed the show. You streamed uh, a lot of it. You did a bunch of Instagram stre- stories. Streamed and- a bunch live on our Instagram. Uh, did a Periscope. Did all kinds of stories and stuff. So if you don't follow us on social media, get on there for more of that type of stuff. 
But uh, yeah, without further ado, let's. Uh, yeah, let's, here's let's us. Hear- yeah, talking to Rivers and Nile in their van behind the uh, venue in Upland, California. Here you go. So Rivers and Nile, you're on tour right now uh-huh. with yes. Cryptopsy. Who else? Decrepit Birth. Lamb of God. <laughs> Lamb of God. Mastodon. Slayer. Decrepit. Cryptopsy. Cryptopsy. Zenith Passage. Visceral Disgorge, Seeker, Gloom, and then Kennedy Vale, and uh, was there another one? No, that's everybody. So here's the yeah. most over-asked question. How's the tour going? It's going great. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yes! Life is perfect. Yeah, that's it's, great. It's great answer. So my my back and like shoulder hurts a lot right now. I woke up this morning. You know, you, you ever wake up You're and you, you slept you slept yeah, you, you, you slept on your side <laughs> and you just your shoulders just jacked, right? Yeah. So my question is, how often do you wake up in a van feeling like you're you're some sort of fucking contortionist, and you're just in pain. Well, I'll, I'll tell. I do a lot, actually. Well, yeah. you're sleeping. I sleep here. This is my big so. <laughs> really, you sleep in the. Okay, what he just pointed to is the front. Oh two, shit! Here comes Jake. The front two captain seat of a you know 15 passenger or whatever van, and uh, <laughs> okay. and there's a cooler in between them. Oh, and I can't open the door. Adam just said that he sleeps. What's up? Up here. Yeah, yeah I do. so explain. On? It's, uh, I mean, you know, honestly, like, I, it sounds... It's not that bad. It sounds way worse than it is, but then, like, the yeah, word, you got this po- poking into you, the seatbelt holder. That's here. not so bad. Like, I just fold this one back. Fold that back, yeah. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it's not too bad, and then it's just the worst part is that, like, I, I'm, I'm an idiot, and I haven't, like, I haven't gotten, like, a thing to shield the sun so from destroying the my face up. every morning. Oh, you yeah. gotta get that. Yeah. I know. So, wait, so uh, do you get hotels ever, or are you just, like, parking lot? Oh, very killing you? Dude, I got oh some in my car. So I'll every night, <laughs> so every night you're in a parking lot? Pretty yeah. much. Unless, unless like, we, we try and score places to sleep most of the time. But, yeah. But, you know, sometimes we're not so lucky. Fucking road dogs. Yeah. yeah. We're shot. Road it's road cold. Dog. Nasty. No, because you said the contortionist thing when you wake up. Yeah. Dude, every day my back is just like someone hit me with a hammer. Yeah. I'm just like walking. I was like, what is happening? Is it because I'm like headbanging like an animal? Or is it because I'm headbanging like an animal? Because I'm just sleeping like terribly, tossing and turning. Ugh. You guys got a foam roller? No, I shouldn't. You right? need a foam just roller. Get the, the yeah. yeah it's bad. Cause, like, or just ask my Jake to, you know, work, you know, Jake oh. to work him out for you. Oh yeah, I'll work out. Actually, he does. He does give me massages. He's really good at that. Yeah, yeah. We're so it's, it's June. It's June right now. I've heard demos for your new album. Mm-hmm. They're super sick. Thanks. Oh, and you pretty much got. It's mostly written, right? Yeah. Um, we set up studio time for September. Sick. So with uh. Yeah, same guy. Those characters again? Yeah. Who? Car- uh, Carson Slovak yeah. and Grant, uh, Grant same dude that did the last album. Yeah, sounded. What's the name of their studio again? Awesome. Atrium Audio. That's right. Yeah, Lancaster, yeah. Pennsylvania. So we're gonna do the same thing with like me doing guitar and bass, uh, DIs, and then we're gonna go to them for drums and vocals and everything and everything else. And everything else. So how does writing go? I mean, is it like I wrote this song, or like I bring a riff to practice, or like what's your? I mean, because we all live kind of far apart from each other, it's basically just like I'll write an entire song and yeah. send it and then if anyone has any like problems with it then we can we change it from there same with him like he'll basically write a whole song and then me and him will get together and collaborate on Skype or whatever and tweak and, it out a little yeah, bit so when you do like when you 
when you add like the atmospheric stuff, is that like right from the beginning of writing the song, or is that like after you've got the riff down, like oh now I'm gonna add extra layer of texture, blah blah blah. I mean, I kind of I kind of do it part by part. Um, so I mean, I, I always write like the like rhythm for like I won't write like a whole song of, of rhythm parts. Yeah, I'll just kind of do it section by section, and then I'll add the atmospheric stuff as I go. Like, as you go after I write the like the riff. So you lay down the riff, and then think about that, and then think about the next part, but not mm -hmm. like the whole song, and then come back to that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I feel like that's more of a a thing that I would do if 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 I was in a band that like wrote together in a room, you know. Which is I mean, honestly, I kind of I kind of miss that in certain ways. It is. It's weird. Like once you get away from it, yeah. it's so much faster. But then you you do miss the kind of like interaction. Yeah, shit. It, 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 I, I kind of miss that. But I don't. But it's so I, much more efficient. Yeah, I don't. I don't miss spending three Just months writing a song. Yeah, like at we, practice. we were never good at that. Yeah, like it it, it was always like like there is a so, there's one song on our second EP like <laughs> that took us like. Six months or more to write, and it's and, terrible. And it just like is just a total mess, dude. Well, dude, and the other it's thing, always how it is. Once it starts other, getting drug out too long, it's just like, ugh. Yeah. And the other thing, when you're in the practice space and you're playing as a group, there's little shit you might not hear is actually happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to record it, you realize you just learned that song wrong because you couldn't hear what you were actually doing in rehearsal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, the, the, details. Details. It used to happen all the time. Like we would go, get in the studio, and I would hear like, I'd hear like little drum detail parts, and like as a bass player, that's like that shit's real important. Yep. And then yep. I'd be like, oh, I'm, well, I'm picking this entirely wrong, or something, or I'm right. dressing this part in a way that needed to be different. And it's just like, but now we have like, Brody will send us a fucking symphony. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, okay, how can I not ruin this with, with my parts that I'm going to write I, I think few bands are better right now at demoing shit than Rivers. Really? <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's kind of fucking ridiculous. You'd be surprised how, like, uh, the technology's there, but bands, especially some older bands that yeah. have been around a long time that didn't grow up doing that, yeah. or demoing material at that. Like, your <clears throat> demoed material sounds better than some finished product we get from, really? like, bands that are trying to get signed and shit. shit like that. That's cool to hear. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, like... I, I talked about this a little while ago, uh, like with some people, just that like learning how to like record like myself is like the single most valuable thing that I ever could have done as a musician. 100%. Like him too. He, I mean, John. Yeah, I love it. John does we're it too. Same. We're both the same with that shit. Uh, I mean, I do, I don't. I just don't understand like why in 2017 you wouldn't. Yeah. Know how, like why you wouldn't at least try to know how to, like I can't. Sorry. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. It's like they're missing I out. Like, yo, I try. I try. Well, no, I'm saying, like, there's a dude in the band. Like, if you're, if you don't have at least one dude in the band that knows how to at least kind of right. use stuff, it's yeah. like, I don't know, man. It's unacceptable yeah. anymore. I, yeah, it's like. And gets, I mean, there's Guitar Pro, but that's like completely uninspiring. For, yeah. yeah, I can't write like this. I, I can't. I, I, and like, I have, you know, friends that'll send me like Guitar Pro songs, and I'm just like, like I don't. It's uninspiring. It's to good me. for like, having a record of yeah, your song, and then yeah. like, oh, I need to. Someone else needs to learn it, or oh, I want to do a tab book. Or like here yeah. it is. It's well, done. plus, I mean, I'm and I'm probably just complaining because I fucking suck at tabbing. So yeah, I mean, that's one thing I wish I was better at. Yes, yeah. to have a record of shit, but you know, yeah. But I'm stupid. So. But you're also you're also good enough at, at like rem, like relearning riffs by ear that it kind of doesn't matter. I guess. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. So studio time September. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. There's so a lot of what, weird shit. 
on these demos that I really like. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the horn stuff. <laughs> do, do you want to preview any of the weird shit for people? Like I, I think right now, um, and let me know if you think I'm crazy, because it's so easy for fans to listen to all kinds of different shit right now. I feel like fans are getting more and more diverse in the stuff they listen to, mm-hmm. and they're less rigid. And like, if it doesn't sound like Slayer, it's an affront to my existence. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're more yeah. open-minded. Yeah. 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 So do you, do you feel like less pressured to just play? Like stay in your lane. I mean, I. I uh, but is it's not like. I I don't think it's ever been about a, an issue of like of what we feel pressure doing so much as it's like, uh, kind of when the material comes out and it's something we like, it's just like ah, oh, there we go. It's yeah. not like it's not like this thing where it's like we have to sound this way or do this spe- specific thing to like be ourselves or be happy. It's like you know when you hear it. Right, yeah. Yeah. like I, I can hear I can hear a riff that Brody writes or, or something like that, and go like, yes, that's Rivers of Nile or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like I'll, I'll I'll tell him that. You know what I mean? Like that's that's part of the part of this writing relationship is just that honesty. And it's just yeah, you just kind of know when it when it's something that works. And and this new stuff is like a it's a it's a step away a little bit. There is like you said, there is some weird shit in there, but I don't think it's going to be anything that people don't want to hear from us. We're, we're yeah. still tuning like fucking idiots to F sharp, so it's <laughs> like we're, we still have that like the sheer stupidity, you know, of, of our tuning. Yeah, I mean, there's but, the, the heavy is But there. it's still there, but it's just like we kind of... Well, yeah, I mean, when I heard the demo and the saxophone kicked in, oh yeah, it didn't sound oh, like... Spoilers. Spoilers! <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Um, <laughs> no, nobody. It didn't... Yeah. Um, my reaction was, holy shit, fuck yes, this is great, not... Wow, that's odd. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. It didn't sound like kitchen sink metal where something was being shoehorned in there. Yeah, that's well. That's um, my friend Zach. Um, Zach Strauss. Zach Strauss. Zach Strauss. Yeah. Uh, he, he he's like, get, he's like getting a, a, a college degree in like performance. So he's he's like a fan of the band and a friend and he's. The excellent sax. Insane. He did those 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 things. He did those. Those were one takers, man. Like, sax. That's pretty wild. Yeah, he's so good. But um. I don't know. I, I, I kind of think that what kind of kicked this whole album in a different direction was just like if I could pinpoint it to one specific thing is when the whole David Bowie when Black Star was released and then with his death and everything like that. Like he and I were both like really like, yeah, we, hard yeah. into that record. Yeah, that and like that just the, thing. yeah that I don't know for whatever reason it just put me in like a totally different headspace oh, from wow. like the other shit that you know from the last record really. I mean mm-hmm. I, I think that that really changed it for me not in like a like an oh we're gonna try to sound like this kind of yeah. way but it was just like that the mood of that record it just it just opens you helped like the little inspiration just kind of helped us open up like a new musical avenue or something like that like yeah. you know cool. and it just so happens that it's not this like big death metal thing yeah and the other thing I think that makes Rivers interesting um this will be the third record in a four album yeah Saga you're doing. Mm-hmm. So what season are we in? We will be in in the, the fall, the autumn season, the season <laughs> where stuff starts to die, <laughs> and I'll get all get all sad and stuff. So I it, I actually don't even really know this. Who handles most of the lyric writing? Because the lyrics all follow that concept as well, correct? It's been it's been me mostly. So it's okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Are it's, are they good? Or are they coming along? Have you started? Oh yet? for oh for this stuff? Yeah. yeah. This stuff is just like 
so far it's uh, it's starting to build like I have outlines for a lot of stuff um, but I need to get together with Jake and and, and get the and I have a song like a song that John wrote I have like all lyrics for so that's cool. why I mean I know we're gonna rework through that song yeah and like fix that up maybe change that up a little bit but I have some lyrics and stuff outlined. We just need to get together and like collaborate the ideas and put them together. Yeah, just make sure, sure just to make sure the narrative flows, you know, between the two writing writing sources there. But it's uh, yeah. I mean, I think I have a pretty good idea of what I want the the big moments to be for for all the songs that we have demoed and stuff like lyrically, lyrically and 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 just like from like a perspective of like the way the hooks sound and stuff like that so which is that's a pretty important thing to me when I'm writing is just making sure there's those moments you can sing along to in like especially like in death metal you don't get that super often right yeah and you guys do have some unique vocal hooks yeah feed me rain <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know it's not a cliche vocal hook no <laughs> no I, I don't know I, I yeah it's so the pressure's on the top that so yeah that and then the whole like I am the sun thing right. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah because that's that's been... that's like some Nile level shit right there yeah 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 that's so I mean I think I think I have ideas for stuff that's like you know as good so cool. <laughs> at least so we'll see where that all goes. How much um, input do you give, like, Carson and those guys? Because Carson's a fucking maniac. Pretty much none, Car because... Carson's like, <laughs> Carson's like Jason Sukov-esque, yeah. and, like, he's just... You never know what kind of funny shit he's going to say. Yeah. Also, he's super smart. Well, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I would... I mean, I would love to... Because, I mean, we do all the guitars and the, all the, like, main melody stuff we do at my house, so he's not right. there for any of it, but, like... Sure. And then Grant handles most of the vocal stuff, but, I mean, I don't know, like... I don't really, f I don't really, like, f I don't really feel like they. At they... least on, at least on Monarchy, it wasn't. There was, it was just like, like you said, we had the demos are so well constructed right. that we, I went in, like we went in and like I knew what order the songs are going to be in. Like I know, right. like we know everything. We would know pretty much exactly the way that the record's going to sound when it's finished. We had like notebooks with like papers for each song <laughs> and like each section and like what this section's supposed to sound like as far as like tone goes. It's, it's almost it's almost uh, too prepared. Yeah, they said that we were the most prepared <laughs> band that they'd ever recorded. Wow. And, they, and they record like August Burns Red yeah. and a bunch of other bands. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They recorded Everclear and Live. Yeah. Yep. So you guys are more prepared in the studio uh, than August Burns Red, Everclear, or Live. Well, we, can, <laughs> we can we can pretty much thank uh, thank Eric Rutan for scaring the shit out of us. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, like, cause you know we thought we were prepared going into the first record, and we got there, and it was just like, nope, <laughs> not yeah. prepared enough for that. So we like really fucking did our homework on the second one. Sure, you know? it's good good habit to get into. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, definitely. But to answer the main question, it's just that it's it's so like handled by the time we get into record it that like I for better or worse like it doesn't they don't really have room to put in much input yeah uh, uh, on anything I besides think, a purely production uh, level I think on this record though there might be um, uh, s some more opportunities for them to like contribute because there's like um, a lot of different instrumentation on this record yeah. and like it's like easy to like change that kind of stuff because you know like you can't change a guitar DI but like with that kind of like 
extra instrumentation. Like you can kind of, if there's like a melody that needs to be changed or a section that could be added mm -hmm. with, I mean, so, I mean, maybe they could. I guess it remains to be seen. Right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, we'll, yeah. s we'll see, but I mean, we pretty much just like hand them a hard drive and a, a folder and we're like, here's the record and then they, <laughs> and then they just do it. We, like, we, you know, they, they are, are super awesome at doing the parts that we need them to do. Like, uh, you know, getting the tones straightened out and getting the right. drums tracked and making sure everything sounds super sick. Yeah. You know? Which is no small feat. No. No, not to take none of this is to take credit away, away oh, from them at no all way. because they're fucking awesome. The vocal production yeah. there is fucking insane. It's great. It's like I've never seen anything like it. Like the what they do there. Like I can't even really. I, I can't. Grant's, really... Grant's a uh, Grant tracks all the vocals and he's very like picky and and and. He's got like perfect pitch and yeah, shit. He wants to. He, wow. he knows what he wants to hear from a vocal performance and like you you put me and me and Jake through the ringer on the last one. So. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's honestly like recording with them is probably one of the most comfortable places yeah. I've ever recorded vocals with, even before Conscious Heat of Light and uh, doing other stuff. You know, I just like I feel really comfortable working with Grant, and I trust his, uh, you know, his, his like his judgment on things and like his and narrative like, direction. With yeah, he's recording. just like he, he if there's a take he doesn't like, and he's gonna tell you, and you're yeah. gonna and you're gonna fix it. Yep, yeah. you know, like. So yeah. Do you think their attitudes are going to be different now that they're in a really huge band? Yeah, probably. <laughs> they're probably not going to want to talk to us. They're yeah. probably going to like tell our manager to, uh, yeah. or tell tell their manager. For to people talk that to don't them. know, Grant and Carson do Galactic Empire, yeah. the Star Wars metal band, which yeah. is sweet as fuck. <laughs> that is cool. Which they're actually touring with, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're super into that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. <laughs> So how long have you been on this tour? Two weeks? Three weeks? It's, 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 it's actually it's going to like about two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks, so right? Last yeah, yeah. Up. yeah. Right. Ten days left. So I don't I don't wanna like get into politics, but like if you watch the news right now, it's like the fucking sky is falling. Yeah. And you guys are out there going to every city in the fucking country. What's what's the fucking word on the street, man? <laughs> it's like Is everyone freaking out or is everything exactly the same? Uh it's almost <laughs> yeah he went to Juarez the other day how was Juarez yeah I just like uh, my friend came up to the show in El Paso and she was like you want to go to Mexico and I was like yeah why not and it was super easy like I remember going over they didn't even like ask to see my passport and we went and got really? like, margaritas and then uh, we came back they just like looked at my passport they asked me like what I was doing there where I'm from Mostly just wanted to like hear my voice and know that like I'm not like lying to them, you know. Yeah. And I like, came back over. It was cool though. The best part of that was that we were all sitting. We Jake went to Mexico, and we're all sitting in the van right here with my phone plugged into the speakers, and we're watching a documentary about Juarez. And it's like, and it's like 15 people a day are murdered in Juarez. And then I went on Jake's Snapchat, and it was like a picture of a margarita, and said, "In Mexico, bitches." And I was like, "Fuck." Because like after I was like crossing the bridge, like we parked like on the other side of the borderline, and then we like cross, like walk over the bridge and drive over. And like as we're like crossing over, she's like, "Yeah, uh, there's like stories about the cartel like hanging like the border patrol people off the side of the bridge." And I'm like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, like this this whole political scene stuff while you're on tour, it kind of feels like if you're familiar with like the first half of Shaun of the Dead, where like right. where like there's just little background things happen where it's like, "Oh, walking corpses, whatever." I'm gonna go to work. Oh, you've got red on your shirt. Like that, that's kind of that's kind of what it feels like. It's like 
you know it's there in the background, but you're so focused on other shit that I can't, I can't, you know. Very good way to put it. The yeah. Word, the word. That was a good analogy for sure. <laughs> it's genius. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, you're a very smart guy. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> What were you yelling before? You were like, Jaw Rule, baby! <laughs> fire, <laughs> fire Festival. <laughs> I was in Vegas like two weeks ago, and uh, my, my girlfriend's family was doing like a staycation, so we're at like the, the hotel resort pool, and like Jaw Rule came out and did like a three song set with like a <laughs> tiny PA that sounded like garbage. <laughs> and it's like, Jaw Rule, baby! What hotel were you at? Uh, the Flamingo. Oh, okay, I've never been there. Yeah. Dude, that's like fucking, uh, Jared told us that, uh, fucking Uncle Cracker came to Reno. Yeah, he was in Reno last He night lives in Reno. A small, like, dive bar, and then my girlfriend said that there were just, like, a lot of bikers, and <laughs> just, like, they were down with it. And he was taking pictures with, fan, like, a crowd of people in the middle of Virginia Street, just... There you go. <laughs> Balling just, out. Just, just Uncle Cracker, man. <laughs> Uncle Cracking it. We were listening to some of that shit today. It's fucking Yeah, I didn't know who it was. Great A. Okay, guys, so what's the craziest thing that ever happened on tour? Don't you fucking hate that question? Oh, uh, Jake went to Mexico and had a margarita. We are over that. Yeah, crazy story. <laughs> crazy story. Crazy. I think, oh, what, did something else happen? Yesterday uh, there was a rave. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's not even that crazy. Really? I think uh, I think in Canada, I mean, one time on uh, the Death to All tour, um, we went off the road. That's yeah. just like more sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The thing about real crazy stories is you can't actually tell them in a public venue because that's, it's like someone's going to get in trouble, embarrassed. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Or something. <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, uh, I can't tell you. Bar pigs. We're pretty boring, though. I mean, yeah. for the most part, yeah. we don't really... That's the only way to maintain a band's longevity is to be pretty boring at some point. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't keep the fucking craziness yeah, train going crazy forever. That's a real-life story right there for you. Yeah. How boring we are. <laughs> yeah, keep it yeah. boring. That's the crazy story. Yeah. A band is either boring and responsible or dead. Yeah. Eventually. Take your yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how, how bands out here doing this shit can, like, be Van Halen nowadays. Yeah. It's so fucking hard <laughs> to just keep your shit together, you know? That it's like at, if you're getting fucking fucked up every day and like yeah, doing weird shit. Yeah. Like no. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, on you. Yeah. It's going to it's going to get old fast. Yeah, you guys have a a package of some drugs up here, oh, some yeah, are... emergency. Oh, yeah, we got fucking lysine, <laughs> too. Really oh, it's gone, though. Damn, boy. <laughs> Staying prepped. Don't want to get cold. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I oh my Metamucil? That's the best. Yeah, that's my yeah. daily ritual. I gotta poop. Yeah, stay regular. Yeah. So. so what's after this? Do you have uh, more touring lined up before studio, or is it just writing time? I think I think this is pretty much it for the Monarchy yeah. tour cycle. Okay. And then, and then it'll be finish writing, and then go to the studio, Sick. and then... Sick pick it back up or something awesome well uh yeah we're gonna be uh, excited to hear the final product and uh good luck at the show tonight oh, and uh we'll be in the pit, yeah, in the pit. we'll be in the fucking pit dog i'm gonna go grab my uh sun shield for your van now <laughs> you don't have that to do. you guys you don't have yeah, to i do said that. i'm giving you my fucking sun <laughs> give him the sun shield fucking take it. yeah take it <laughs> Yeah, Why not, dude? You're the one that sleeps up here, and you're fucking like just yeah. sweating like a fucking rapist. Yeah, I, 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 I park underground everywhere. I don't really need it. It's because I deserve it. 
So, <laughs> yeah. deserve it? I deserve the agony. <laughs> I can relate to that more than anything else you've ever said. <laughs> awesome. All right, sick. We'll have a good set, and we will catch up with you guys soon. Bye. Bye. All right, I hope you enjoyed our little hang with some of our favorite guys from Pennsylvania. Yeah. You ready for some science news? Let's do it. Science news of the week. Science. So get this shit. In 1936, a guy named Einstein, ever heard of him? No. He, uh, Einstein proposed that scientists could use the warping of light to determine the mass of a star. Let me say that again. In 1936, before World War II, Einstein was like, hey, gravitational lensing, you might be able to figure out how big a star is with... You know, that, with gravitational lensing. <laughs> yeah. How insane is that? Well, most of, most of the, the things that would, we would say prove all of his theories came... Way later. Way after he died. So yeah. just just uh, speaks to how friggin' smart the guy really was. So I guess um, what they did was they pointed the Hubble telescope at a nearby binary star system. You know what that means, right? Yeah, that mo- means there's mo- two stars. Yeah, yeah, bi. I just wanted to. Oh, yeah, it's bi. Bi. That's convenient when you find someone that's bi. Yeah, yeah. Well, life must be great. Yeah. Um, anyway. No comment. Okay. Nearby binary star system, Stein 2051, and then used gravitational microlensing to determine its mass. So... How they actually do that, let me, I, I'm looking at the article right now on the PBS website. So they're trying to see the def- deflection of the background star, which is much further away and much, much fainter. So they, it actually took them a while to actually find the right star, star system to do this. Mm. They were going to use Alpha Centauri because mm-hmm. it's the closest, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't, there's not going to be a, um, uh, uh, an event where it passes in front of another star for a, a while. So Stein 2051 was the one where they knew an event was upcoming. So wait, they're not using the... Okay, so in a binary system, you've got two stars. Right. They're not using the lensing from each of the stars in that one system. They're using that system passing in between another system? Or That's what it looks like, okay. yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's pretty ridiculous. But... So a quick primer on Einstein's whole thing of relativity and his theory of gravitation is that, I'm sure most of you already know this, but just for anybody who maybe doesn't, is that you know his whole thing was that gravity is a force caused by the actual warping of space-time. So you know a heavy body right. causes something to fall into it because the actual fabric of space-time is curved towards that object. So you can imagine... You know, a bowling ball on a sheet, and it's you know it's it's causing the sheet to bend in the middle. If you pay, placed a marble at the edge of the sheet, it would roll toward, towards the bowling ball. That's how gravity works, according to Einstein. And as far as everything that we can tell, is he's exactly right. Well, hell, orbital mechanics are what Newton, right? So we know how to shoot stuff into space because of Isaac Newton, correct? Which again is insane that someone that long ago was able to do that level well, of math. When you get into close to the speed of light or extremely massive things like a black hole, those, the physics that Newton describes break down and you have to start using relativity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's insane. But anyway, so I guess one of the stars in Stein 2051 is a white dwarf and astronomers know relatively little about white dwarfs and other objects generated by dying stars. So 
the opportunity for them to actually look at uh, Stein 2051 was too good to pass up. So, yeah, they, this actually happened a while ago. So the Hubble telescope observed Stein 2051 in March of 2014. Uh, the irregularly shaped Einstein ring was clearly visible, and using their measurements of the ring, uh, astronomers were actually able to determine that the white dwarf star, one of two stars in the system, is 68% of our sun's mass. So they also found the core is made of carbon and oxygen, which is not uncommon for those types of stars. Um, sci scientists actually thought the star's orbit um, suggested something strange about the composition, but the findings show that the star's mass is more reflective of a standard white dwarf as opposed to a more irregular one, like if it had iron at its core. Mm. So yeah, they're, they're hoping to use this uh, technique moving forward with the new James Webb telescope, which is going to blow the Hubble out of the water. Cool. Did you see um, Interstellar? I did. So that was the one where they were using uh, relativity to, to, to time travel, basically, yeah? Yeah. So, so that, is, that is pretty interesting that you can travel to the future. As far as we can tell, I mean, we could even do that right now with the technology we had right now if we had um the will to do it let's say well so, e even astronauts in orbit experience well, a little bit right but it's it's e like seconds or less than seconds. even if you fly in a plane you experience right. a little bit yes uh because not only the higher you get is is time actually going it's further from earth really. faster for you compared yes. to earth but uh the speed that you're traveling also has relativistic. I mean, very. This is in like way high decimal places in in the sure. You know, just a little bit. But you are technically doing some time traveling, not just because of time zones when you travel in a plane, right? So that's pretty wild to think about too. But yeah, we could say, for instance, if you um, orbited the sun in a close um, orbit for a few months. You could, I don't know, I, I don't know the calculations, but you could maybe time travel a day or something right. just in our own solar system. If you were able to orbit a black hole, because the closer you right. the closer you get to a high a high mass, the slower time goes for you than someone would be observing that's not in that gravity right. well. So if you could get close enough to a high source of gravity like a black hole, you could literally travel into the future. Yeah. If you could escape and come back, everyone you know would be dead. Yep. Which is an, a pleasant thought. That sounds fucking <laughs> awesome. Sign me up. But actually, the cool thing about Interstellar is Kip Thorne actually was their uh, science advisor. Uh -huh. And he was a longtime colleague and friend of both Stephen Hawking and Carl Sagan. And he's, uh, he was the Feynman Professor of Theoretical Physics at the California Institute of Technology. Um, yeah. And he's one of the world's leading experts on uh, Einstein's general theory of relativity. There you go. So that's why that movie is so badass. Yeah. He he made sure they did things the right way, even when it was inconvenient for storytelling. That's cool. It seems like that's... like I didn't see The Martian, but it seems like... Oh, The Martian is so goddamn good. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of know the premise, and I've, I've yeah. seen interviews with the author and, and stuff like that. And... Um, that was his first book he ever wrote. I, I love that real science is making its way into these science, science fiction movies. I mean, it's, it's always kind of been there right. in, in the science fiction books and stuff. But now that it's coming into the mainstream, I think that's really cool. And, well, and, and filmmaking techniques are such that they're able to do it now. Right. In a, in a way that is convincing. Like when they show the black hole. Right. That's actually what it would look like. Uh, yeah, it's, you know? insofar as we could tell. Right. Yeah, but yeah, they, they went to great lengths uh, to work on those shots. And again, gravitational lensing causing the light 
you know, to, to bend, bend around, around yeah. it. So you're not seeing a void. You're seeing an exaggerated bent version of the star field behind it and right. all kinds of crazy it's stuff. It's like a wacky fun house mirror. It is. It is. <laughs> but in space and it would kill you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty damn wild, man. Cool but stuff. But yeah, you got to see the Martian. Yeah, I do. That, need that to was see that. It. So I read a little bit about that guy a while ago, and I'm just this is going from memory. Apparently, he's a geek that likes to come up with plausible NASA missions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Martian was his first book he ever wrote. Yeah. So imagine the first book you ever wrote becomes a film, a Mark Wahlberg movie. Crazy. Right. Crazy. It's ridiculous. But the do you know the one thing in that movie that's not scientifically plausible? Uh, I heard it, but I forgot. Tell me. The, the only thing in that movie, insofar as I can recall, that isn't scientifically plausible is the storm that sets up the whole movie. Uh, so there's a storm that leaves him stranded and the rest of the crew gets away. Yeah. The Martian atmosphere isn't atmosphere, thick enough sure. for a storm of that, to, to that level. You gotta have a little artistic license. Right, of course. Otherwise, fun. you know, I, they'd have to come up with some other way, but that was a really dramatic way to get him stranded on the planet. I also heard the author say that he he thought about him having to to ditch his nuclear reactor at some point, like maybe it broke or something like that, but there was no way right. to survive <laughs> without that power. So he had to scrap that part of it. It's just... Uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing when you start to think about the real logistics of being on another planet. And yeah, I liked how he used the nuclear reactor as an actual heat source in, inside the rover. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> the, the heat from the actual nuclear reactor is That's what kept funny. him alive. That's great. Yeah, you have to see that, man. I read the book. Uh, I saw the movie first and then read the book, and it's one of the few times I recall legitimately thinking I didn't really miss anything by seeing the movie and not reading the book. Mm-hmm. Um, most everything's in there. It's not that long of a read. Nice. Uh, it's a quick page turner, couple hundred pages. Cool. There's a few things in the book that they didn't put in the movie, but I thought it made the movie a little bit less tedious. Uh huh. Because you get, you get the sense of tedium from the book. Like anytime he left the shelter on yeah. Mars, the, the base, mm-hmm. it took 20 minutes for the air to cycle in the airlock because uh-huh. it's a very large airlock, enough for multiple people. Uh huh. Obviously, in the movie you don't really get that yeah. sense, but they still kind of show him coming in and out of the airlock multiple times, which is an important story right. point. I won't you know, ruin anything for you, sure. but yeah, in the book, they really give that sense of time and loneliness and, yeah. you know, this guy is becoming a little bit unhinged. Cool. But well, still, you know, he, he makes it. Well, we're getting closer and closer to actually uh, getting some people up there, so it's it's exciting. And and I'm I'm really stoked to see, you know, the SpaceX and... You know, Mars One and whoever, whatever, whatever other private companies are are trying to do it. You know, there's a lot of naysayers and there's a lot of there's a lot of debate back and forth on what's really possible and if it's a, just a suicide mission or or whatever. But I mean, that's that's the whole human spirit is yeah. exp- exploration and new frontiers and all that shit. So hey, Scott's trip to the South Pole was a suicide mission. There you go. But that's what he gets for not using sled dogs. <laughs> The travel in the goddamn Arctic. I don't, I don't know the story. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, the other guy, there were two teams, uh, and he got beat to the South Pole by the other team. They used sled dogs. He uh, didn't. They okay. all died. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm starting to remember this now. Yeah, because you got to get get through the Beardmore Glacier and shit like that, mm. and it's hundreds of miles of just not something you want to walk through. Yeah. Fall into a crevice and just... Ugh. Or I'm, I'm, I'm used to Planet Earth now hearing... Uh, Hearing that beautiful voice, uh, uh, the crevasse. Yeah. Yeah, the crevasse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Great. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. 
thanks everyone for uh for listening in with us we're back i think we're gonna do these more often we should do one uh at warp tour from uh, vegas we should bring the recorder and just that would be, be cool. out at warp tour running around just interview some random i'm saying this and... out loud so it forces us to actually do it we have to do it hold us <laughs> accountable yeah uh, we're gonna try to get back into these more regularly um i'm gonna try to make it make it happen and uh you know as long as we're in the office and we have some people to interview we're gonna we're gonna keep getting them out to you one thing we didn't figure out is who's gonna be our outro song Mm. Mm. Let's do mm-hmm. some. Uh, what do you think? Igor track? Igor? Igor? People keep saying Igor. It's just it's just Igor, as far as I know. Igor. Sorry. I guess there's a debate now. Well, now we know. Yeah, Igor. Igor. Have you heard Igor? Anybody out there yet from France? Guy's out of his mind in all the right ways. So great. If you haven't seen it yet, watch the making of videos for this album. So great. And watch this guy track with him and other musicians every part for this record. Accordion. Uh, all the other crazy instruments they use to create probably one of the most sonically interesting albums I've ever heard. Yeah, I, I legit love it, and you know, not just because I work here or because we're involved, but just on a thematic concept, the the different styles he brings together, just the the music itself, visually, I mean, everything about it. Yep, I just do, love. Do you know what the album, the title of the album means? I do not. Savage Sinusoid. No. Sinusoid is the long form of sine, which is a sine wave. Oh, so, so the title savage of the album, the, waveforms. The, yeah, the title of the album nice. is Savage Waves. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Crazy waves, man. That's great. And there are a few better ways to describe Igor than that. Hundred percent. So, w- which track do you want to do? Uh, let's do Opus Brain. Do okay. Do Opus Brain. All right. Enjoy. We'll catch you guys next time. See you. <laughs>